Hi, everybody. Dr. Sammy here, your friendly neighborhood entomologist. I'm back to share another fascinating story of SciComm in action. In March of 2021, news sources started reporting an earth-shaking piece of research from a lab in Beijing. The paper was called Polar Drift in the 1990s, explained by terrestrial water storage changes. Or to use the headline one particular news report used, Earth is wobbling and it's probably our fault. From the New York Post to the French Grazia, reporters and readers were drawn to an intriguing story about how the impact of human activity had seemingly caused the Earth to get knocked off its axis. Before we get our heads in a spin, let's clarify a few key terms, starting with the concept of polar drift. So we all know that the Earth spins, but what you might not know is that its axis moves location. We have a fixed geographic north and south pole because we need it for our maps to be consistent, but our real north and south poles wobble in circles and drift in a direction. This latter movement is called polar drift, and in the 1990s, the North Pole started drifting eastwards. So what about terrestrial water storage changes? Well, terrestrial water simply refers to all the water on the Earth's surface and subsurface. So the water found in the ground, in lakes, in glaciers, and even water stored in plants. This research paper attributes polar drift in particular to the melting of glaciers. So in summary, this research paper could also be called the reason the Earth's axis moved eastwards in the 1990s is because climate change has caused glaciers to melt, which has redistributed where water is being stored on the Earth's surface. But I'll admit that's not quite as succinct. Sidebar, I should probably just add here that we've known about polar drift for a long time. In fact, there's 176 years of data tracking its movements. It's only recently that climate change has been identified as a new factor contributing to the drift. Now, we don't take things at face value here on our podcast. We're interested in the story behind the story. So in order to get the inside track on this widely shared wobbly earth study, I tracked down one of the authors on the paper. My name is Professor Su Xianiu, and I work at the Institute of Geographic Sciences and Natural Resources Research, Chinese Academy of Sciences, which is located in Beijing, China. Professor Liu is the corresponding author for the research paper in question. And one thing you need to know is that she sort of ended up writing this geophysics paper by accident. She's not even a geophysicist. My research is, uh, is hydrology. My background is hydrology. But I got a chance to be stepped into this Earth geophysics field about 10 years ago. I led a national sub-project which um, leads me to ex explore the relationship uh, between the Earth's rotation and the climate change. When a research paper makes the news, sometimes the narrative can take on a life of its own. It can shed context and nuance. This can do the scientific process a disservice. It can take years of trial and error, collaboration, and corrections before reaching something that you're ready to share. 
And in this particular case, the research that Susha eventually published was quite away from where she started. The dominant story in the news was basically, scientists discovers that climate change is so bad that the earth is falling over. But what was the real aim of this research? In the very beginning, we just want to reconstruct the terrestrial water storage data. Also, we can find some uh, very good mathematical method to reconstruct the water storage, but it is very difficult to validate the reconstructed data. So um, the polar motion has a, a very long record. So in this way, on the one hand, we use our reconstructed uh, water storage data to explain the tipping points. On the other hand, we also use this kind of polar motion records to validate our reconstructed ter terrestrial water storage. The original focus of Susha's research was to build up a picture of the history of terrestrial water storage on Earth. We've been able to track water storage for the last 20 years thanks to twin satellites called GRACE. But Susha wanted to reach back and reconstruct the data from before those satellites went up. She used mathematical modeling to generate what the data might be, but had no way of validating it. There are only 20 years of GRACE data, but there are 176 years of data on polar drift. And in fact, scientists have already published research using GRACE data to demonstrate how polar drift tipping points in the 2000s were influenced by terrestrial water storage changes due to melting glaciers. So if Sushia could find similar polar drift tipping points in the 1990s, then they could be used as a reference point for her reconstructed water storage data. So this is why Sushia had to make a leap out of the ocean of hydrology and into the world of geophysics. It was all in aid of her precious reconstructed data. So in this way, on the one hand, we use our reconstructed uh, water storage data to explain the tipping points. On the other hand, we also use this kind of um, polar motion records to validate our reconstructed ter terrestrial water storage. We started two, uh, 10 years ago. So uh, we gradually reached this point by doing lots of, the, lots of the research. For example, how to identify the tipping points? Because I said the polar motion uh, is very complicated. So Susha's research is reported as a climate change story. But for her, it's also a story about hydrology and historical terrestrial water storage. But I can see why that wouldn't grab a journalist's attention quite as much. So how did the research get from the pages of a journal to The Guardian's Instagram feed? Uh, maybe just uh, uh, two weeks uh, after the publication, we got, the, uh, we got a contact from the AGU, uh, America Geophysics Union, and the uh, journalist uh, asked to interview us. And... Uh, uh, we also uh, very careful and prepare the interview and uh, uh, try our best to explain our results mm -hmm. to the media. And then uh, also the media uh, of ATU Spotlight also uh, asked me if you want to put your contact in our article, uh, which means you will receive more media contact. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a very good thing. It's a very good thing mm -hmm. to 
um, to let uh, more people to know our research. So I said, yeah, yes. no problem. I'm really glad that they so carefully brought all of that information together because when working with a subject that's complicated and has all of these different streams of data coming together, it can be easy to kind of get it mixed up in how you convey it. I'm wondering, so in many of the articles, they reported this as if you had discovered that the Earth's poles were drifting. And they talked about it like this had never happened before the current climate crisis. So uh, something similar happened with my own research when people began saying, Dr. Samuel Ramsey discovered what's killing the bees rather than how it's killing the bees. <laughs> Does this kind of misreporting bother you at all? Yes. <laughs> I, I told you, I, uh, I said I didn't have one second to hesitate to, to say, yes, I'm happy to be contacted by media. Um, <laughs> and then... I noticed there are several um, media to broadcast our research, and some uh, some wrote to me via email and uh, um, ask me a question, and some media uh, just um, don't uh, uh, never contact me. I I notice there are some inaccuracy. <laughs> I I very much want to want to uh, make correction. I even. Um, those to some media to try to ask them to correct, but seems not easy. Maybe th uh, they are very busy, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so no time to uh, make the uh, information as accurate, accurate mm. as possible. What exactly were they getting wrong when they were saying that um, because of climate change, the polar ice caps are, are, are moving the, the poles of the earth? What, what, what's wrong about that? Yeah, uh, um, because I said, as I said, the polar motion is very complicated and uh, excited or influenced by many factors. Mm -hmm. So different factors uh, can explain different components of the motion. And what what we found in this paper just uh, touched one aspect. There's a uh, one little change of the polar motion. How do you feel that we can, as, as researchers and as science communicators, how do you feel that we can avoid uh, having these inaccuracies show up as people are explaining our work? So, uh, I mean, if I, uh, I am interviewed by, by the media, I, mm -hmm. so from now on, I will ask if, if you will uh, give me the proof. Ah. And then mm -hmm. I will agree to be interviewed. I think that's the best way uh, to guarantee. It, it is understandable uh, for for people who are not involved in this field. It is it is uh, not easy to to guarantee mm -hmm. the science correct. So uh, it's a response for us uh, as a scientist to make the, this kind of information as accurate as uh, possible. Despite the occasional misrepresentation from the media. Sushia doesn't seem to have any regrets about sharing her work with a wider public. Actually, I, I like the audience uh, response very much. From my side, I, I try to, actually, I have already replied all of the emails from the mm -hmm. audience. I, actually, I, I'm uh, moved by, uh, by them. I truly feel uh, how the society uh, loves science and the interest in science 
That kind of curiosity does sound really exciting. I'm glad that you were able to experience that with your work. Uh, this It just sounds like this was uh, a fascinating experience through and through. So we're really glad uh, that you are able to join us and tell us the story behind the story of this fascinating work. Thank you very much. Professor Liu is a professor of hydrology with the Chinese Academy of Sciences. She's joined us from Beijing, China. I think today's spotlight has shown me how it's always worth digging around a bit in order to get the full story about how a science article came to be. It's great to see science stories shared in the media, but it's also interesting to discover the bits that get missed out on. The decades of work and the surprising twists and turns in the story of just one research paper. Thank you so much for listening to this study show's Spotlight. If you'd like to get in touch, then you can tweet us at Wiley in Research or tweet me at Dr. Sammy Tweets. This study show's Spotlight is presented by me, Dr. Samuel Ramsey, and it's made for Wiley Research by Listen Entertainment and is produced by Maddie Hickish. The executive producer for Listen is Nick Minter, and the executive producer from Wiley Research is Samantha Green.